written up. Hey, my book's upside down. How should we understand the reality of sin? So we're up to the fall, which is why we're dealing with sin. So sin is present in human history. This reality of sin can be understood clearly only in light of divine revelation and above all in the light of Christ, the Savior of all. Where sin abounded, he made grace abound all the more. I notice that we're not defining sin there. Not really. We kind of get to sin more specifically when we're talking about sins in, yeah. in like specific. But before form. we want to know what it is, we want to understand the reality of it. Well, we're talking about how it's affected us now, right? Like, so we like sin is missing the mark, right? That's what it means. It means to, to miss the mark. To miss the mark. An arrow that does not hit the center. Exactly. So it's you're failing at something. You're failing to do the good. Is the yep. idea. So. Again, it's like, oh, well, it's original sin. It's this mark that we all have, um, which is like, and we're going to get to, where it's like, oh, we're all sort of like in this state mm. where we sin because... What do we mean by human history? Just human events? Like people? Like, do we mean that in a Francis Fukuyama sense of like war and struggle? What do we say? Like, well, sin hum- is present in human history. Yeah. History meaning what it has meant right up until Francis Fukuyama made a mockery of it, no. which is like mm-hmm. the events of time. In time, so like all of human history is marked by sin, and and we so how should we understand the reality of sin? It's present in human history, and we can only understand it in the light of divine revelation. I guess it's not clear what failing is unless you have a metric by which yeah. you can show this is the correct way to do something. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, there is no sin. There's just uh, there's just people random fu- permutations mucking around in the dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, by their own points of light, but with the light of Christ, we can see. We can see what Where how sin, sin abounded, he made yeah. grace to abound all the more. So there's like there are these again. It's I a think, weird little poem to end on. Well, I think I, I, something I mentioned before. There are sort of principles of Catholic thought, and this is one of them. So where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Where sin is present, yeah, God is giving grace, His power, to to restore it, to to make it right. Right, so it's like the if more you're, you sin, the more grace you have. Basically, the more you sin, the the more possibility you have of like every failure is an opportunity. Is the idea right? Like, so like if you're a, a prostitute doing drugs in the slums and you're killing people and stuff like that, like God is going to be actively seeking you out more because of the, where you are. That's son, prodigal. The prodigal, prodigal son, son. The prodigal son. Gets yeah. more than the son who just stays home and does the right thing. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. Doesn't that seem counterintuitive? I mean, we are trying to do the right thing, but... The elder son thinks it's counterintuitive. Yeah. yeah. So for those who are not familiar, the, the story of the prodigal son is there's a son and he's got an inheritance. Um, this is a parable that Christ told. Um, and he says to his father, there's two sons, and he says to his, the younger son says, I want to take my inheritance and... And go. Yeah. So the father pays him out and he goes off to the city and he has a great time, sex and drugs and rock and roll. And then he's like, oh, my life is so empty. I'm so sad. He comes back, but he's so ashamed to come back to the father and, and to beg. But he's like, oh. But he does it. But he does it because he's like, I know, like, there's one place that, like, I, I realize now my riches are my father's love, not the things that he can give me. So he comes back and the father, like, is very happy and he rejoices and he slaughters the fatted calf and gives him his cloak and he says like you fatted know fatted calf being the best ca- is that a good calf? the, the, the best calf. calf I'm gonna have a big party to celebrate my son coming back yeah. and it sort of seems like well this is like a nice story about you know forgiveness yeah. right? which it is um, where it's like oh we are the prodigal sons because we sin and we go but away I remember this right that he then takes half of the stuff that went to the good son and gives that to the brother no no no, no. the older brother is just resentful of the oh, fact just that he gets a party 
that he's just like, but he's stuffed up. Yeah. Right? And the father's like, yeah, but my son has been restored to me. Like, you should be grateful because you've always had my love. And so that's and so that's that. That's and this the, is the sheep, like the, the, you celebrate over the coin that's been lost down the back of the couch. Well, there's the brilliance the of this particular know. parable, which is that it, it seems at first glance like it's actually about the sinner, right? But it's not. It's, it's about a, the non-sinner. It's about those who are true, yeah. right? Like it's a, it's about like because all the Being time, resentful. all the time as a Christian, you see it where it's like, oh, these people are profiting from their wickedness, right? These people. Like the Man, wicked, the wicked prof. Cradle Catholics will often feel uh, deeply resentful of converts. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what the story is for, right? Like it's it's for the prodigal son thing, obviously, but it's also for like the fact that like, well, you're not supposed to resent good things, and if you've got a good thing, you yeah. shouldn't resent sharing it. And Christ is always doing parables like this, which is like the workmen at the eleventh hour and stuff. Oh well, I've been slaving all day in the hot sun, and these guys rock up at the eleventh hour. And they get the same wage as me. Yes. And the 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 landowner says, yeah. like, who are you to tell me what to do with my own deal things? No, not deal with it. This is this is my gratuity that I'm giving. Who are you to tell no, me I've how got, I should give it? That's yeah, but that that's what deal with it means. Like that's how it is. Well, well, it's not just it deal with own. it. Well, no, I don't think it is just deal with it, right? Because it? it's like you you've you've got what you earned. But they've why got, be resentful of what well, other you people? But you, I mean, you've got what you earned, but we yeah. also think that all of God's gifts are through a superabundance. Sure. And some people are working harder for the superabundance than others. Right. But so what? Well, you haven't earned it. Yeah, but you should be happy that other people have good things. I know, but I'm not because I'm bitter and small. Well, and we'll get to envy mm. later. And envy is a particular type of sin. I think that's my worst one. And I know a lot of people might look at me and go, Glutton is your worst one, Jimmy. <laughs> Are you sure, Jimmy? Stains on the trousers? Is it last? Maybe that's a bad one for you. But Envy? Yeah, it's definitely Envy for you. Amos Gill has a great new joke he's working about, okay. uh, Pride, mm. where he's like, these people who go, I'm so proud. I'm such a proud person. I have to work on my vanity. I'm too vain. Yeah. You go, but then you look at these people and they're hideous. How about you have a little more pride, a little more vanity? You know? How about you have a vanity mirror, like out some of those blemishes? Anyway, not great. Amos could do better. All right, I'm doing maybe not a good version. All right, so what's the next question? Oh, what was the fall of the angels? Hello. So we've talked about this a little bit last time. Yeah, this expression indicates that Satan and the other demons, about which sacred scripture and the tradition of the church speak, were angels created good by God. They were, however, transformed into evil because, with a free and irrevocable choice, they rejected God and His kingdom, thus giving rise to the existence of hell. They try to associate human beings with their revolt against God. However, God has wrought in Christ a sure victory over the evil one. So a couple of things there. We, yeah. know, we know about the angels and their fall from Revelation, right? From literally the book of Revelation, not just like Revelation generally. It's talked about in the book of Revelation. He um, creates all the angels. He creates the all the time. angels and they're good. Yeah. Right? But through their own pride, they make this one, an irrevocable choice which is what we talked about, like angels are these immaterial beings. They don't exist in history, so they get they get a sort so of advantage. Ir- irre- Irrevocable, yeah. Irrevocable, yeah. That's what I'd say. Oh, but, to, but to voc. Is to speak. Voce. Yeah. Right. They so cannot unspeak it. Once, it. you can't say it again. Yeah, yeah. And through their... And they knew it was irrevocable? Yeah. I think? yeah. Yeah. Giving rise to the existence of hell, so hell did not exist... Giving rise to the existence of hell is a weird way to phrase that. Right, and again... We'll, we'll Does God make hell? Well, no, right? Okay. Like, I mean, because... 
and we'll, we'll get to hell as well. We're, we're going to get to that. I have my t-shirt. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but but very I would rather not uh, personally. <laughs> but that's a breakthrough for me because I always used to thought I'd want to go to hell. Like I'd be I'd be pleased if there was a hell because it would show right. that there was because it's kindness. Yeah. Well, that there were that you know there were all along the world was not just a big um, weird joke atomic mistake. Uh, that there was a meaning and purpose and morality. Yeah. And even if I'd fucked it up, at least I, I would continue on. So Saint Augustine, I don't want to go to hell. Saint Augustine says in Confessions, right? Like, even if I were to go to the further steps of hell, like you would still be there, God, right? Like, and this is the sort of um, like hell is for the damned. It's for those who are not, who have chosen not to be redeemed by Christ through their actions, through their choices, um, through failing to be elected. No, I wouldn't say that at all. All right, um, the church sometimes would put it like that. In yeah, it's, uh, we'll get to, to it. No, no, trying to tangent me here. I'm not going to do it. Um, but yeah, like you're you put yourself there by your own decisions, and it's only there because of failing, right? But it's also like even the existence of hell is a type of mercy because it's not annihilation, right? Like, right, but God doesn't make it, but God. He allows it. He allows as he allows all within evil. the creation that he has yeah. created. Yeah, phrase that. Mm, that could be better phrased. Giving rise to the existence. So they try to associate human beings with their revolt against God. So we see that clearly in Genesis. We see that clearly in the Gospels. Um, that that there are forces. They're trying to get us on side. They're trying to to get us to sin like they sin. Right. They associate human beings with their revolt against God. They have a they have a revolt against God mm-hmm. separate to human beings. Yes. They've got their own thing going on. They've got their own thing going but on. But we happen to be we're caught up in it. Yeah. They caught see up. us and yeah. they want a piece. Well it's the same thing of like um Well, like you were just saying, right? Like you're an envious person. Yeah. Um and I don't mean to use you like No, no, I am. Yeah. yeah. Uh so what's what does envy do? I'm thinking about killing you and taking those glasses. So envy is like not wanting a good not not wanting another person to have a good that they have. Not for yourself, not because you want that no, good. you want to deprive it from Right, me. because that's jealousy. Yeah. But envy is like, be wearing the glasses, you just so don't just like me. I want those glasses exactly. somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a real feeling. And it's hard to... Um, I think we probably overuse envy in another meaning of like wanting a good for yourself yeah. a lot. But to but want to just jealousy. of another person. Yeah. yeah. Just, and that's why it's so malicious is because it's like... I want you to suffer. I just want you to suffer. Yeah. Right, like because I'm suffering. Right, that maybe that's the reason is because I don't have it, I and know. I just don't want you to have I don't it. I get Freudian, but yeah. I think that would be a big part of it. Yeah, for me. So for the angels, it's the same, right? Like, it's the same. The demons want to deprive us of that, the relationship we have with God that they've lost. Yeah, because they also know what they've suffered. Yeah, right? like immediately they're like, "Oh yeah, this is awful." However, God has wrought in Christ a sure victory over the evil one. So even though they're trying to get you. All right. So the thing to, to uh, again, another principle of Christian thought, I would say, is that, that the victory is won, right? Like, that you can always take solace in that the victory is won. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything further. Like, as, as bad as the world seems, nuclear war, starvation, whatever, ultimately, Christ has won the victory on the cross. It's already happened. It's already happened. And all we have to do is accept it. All right. I think that's... It's the good news, baby. I mean, we'll get to hell. We'll, we'll, have we'll get to hell. hell. We'll get All to right. hell. What was the first human sin that's eating the apple, surely? So, when tempted by the devil, the first man and woman allowed trust in their creator to die in their hearts. 
in their disobedience, they wish to become like God, but without God and not in accordance with God. Thus, Adam and Eve immediately lost for themselves and for all their descendants the original grace of holiness and justice. So at the end of the last episode, we talked about what's the, what's the state of humanity pre-the fall. It's this state of holiness and justice in a relationship, perfect relationship with God, with each other and with all the creation. Yeah. They lose this through the first sin. Right, and the, and that's not original sin. And it alters their DNA in a way such that they pass it on to their children. It's not just well, like I mean, a certain vaccine. I mean, we do say it's blood, right? Like we say it's by the by their blood, but yeah. like I think it's more useful to think of it as a spiritual illness that we inherit. Okay. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, they have. They but it doesn't have, just affect them; it affects all their children because the, because they are all of the human race at the time, yeah. the entire human race. So when you're emphasizing we have two parents, this yeah. is very important for this point. It is, yes. Because it's it's all a genetic sin comes through for the human race. All sin comes through Adam and Eve. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because they're the entire human race at the time, the entire human race has fallen. Do you think they got to go to heaven? Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? So because if you look at icons of uh, the resurrection, it's always Christ, like in the Eastern tradition, and we talked a bit about this um, already, uh, it's always Christ coming up out of hell, holding the hand of either or both Adam and Eve. Right. Right? So he's always got, it's always like a guy in the middle holding the hands of two people who are sort of below him. Yep. He's Because he's redeeming all of humanity. Right? So he's, he's dragging Adam and Eve out of hell. From its beginning. From its beginning. And so that's what Christ does by the action of the cross Cain? going into hell. Well, who's Cain? Right? Cain is like you or I. Like he's a descendant of Adam and Eve. Yeah. Yeah. But we believe that people might go to hell post-Christ. Yes. And that he maybe didn't... I mean, did he get everybody out of hell? No, he only got the just. But we're assuming there that Adam and Eve are just. Again, I think we're going to get to... When when we're going through the creed, we talk about Christ goes into hell. Yeah. And we'll get to this stuff when we get there. Who is redeemed before Christ. All that sort of stuff, yeah. So, but but the important thing here is like... Hot one. It's a hot one. This is the first sin... Um, so the first sin is the disobedience to God, mm. but they allowed their trust and their credit to die in their hearts. Man, you know what's going to be a good podcast is when we get to the end, and then it could, the podcast could just be like one issue at a time, and we see where it goes in conversation. I'm shackled to Benedict's. Well, yeah, you have to do it in order. All right, so next question. I'm not a systematic thinker. I <laughs> know you're not. I'm a systemic thinker. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, what is original sin? And why oh, don't the Orthodox believe in it? I'm not going to deal with that. Original sin, in which all human beings are born, is the state of deprivation of original holiness and justice. It is a sin contracted by us, but not committed. It is a state of birth and not a personal act. Because of the original unity of all human beings, it is transmitted to the descendants of Adam, not by imitation, but by propagation. This transmission remains a mystery, which we cannot fully understand. I have nothing on this one, except that it's obviously... Describing a reality. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, people always go, oh, original sin, what a, what a sad, nasty little view of the world. Oh, you think babies are evil? Yeah, some shit like that. But it's, it's just so obviously that babies are evil. Like, if you've met enough babies, they, they, it's not right. James There's has a lot of babies. Wrong. There's something I think, wrong with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and, like... There's an, you could argue that this is a myth to describe the world that we see and this is all just like made up. But the thing that it's describing is without question real. And to, to think that there's not some weird broken thing in 
people where you're not the person you want to be or should be mm. and that you're alienated from what you are. I mean, that's a better argument, I think, for the distinctiveness of human beings is the... how We fucked that, up. Well, that aliens are not... Animals are not alienated from themselves in sure. the way that people seem to be. Sure. If, I mean, I don't know if that is self-consciousness because I think Adam and Eve in the garden pre-fall are still self-conscious. They're still thinking about what they... Well, you can have a you can have a sort of like yeah. I mean, and we all know people who's like well put together, right? Yeah. Where you think, oh, that's a really well adjusted person, and it's like there's somebody who's sort of like found the harmony with themselves, or whatever. And I generally think of these people as Catholics, um, because it's like oh, they've ordered their lives towards God, and it's like th- their life is without personal sin, um, and and it shows in like the way that they prudentially act and virtuously yeah. do things. I think it's worth like, pointing out that that's a very low percentage of Catholics as well, though. Mm. Super low. Super low. Like, in terms of... Present company, definitely excluded. Well, we would call that sort of saintliness, right? And these yeah. are the people... Holiness, yeah. ...who become saints when they yeah. die. We yeah. might recognise that they've been saints and we use that as yeah. signs. And it's like... I've met so many Catholics now. Three. <laughs> three people have that energy. Sure. Now, but maybe later. Oh, and like... Well, maybe later and then maybe some of those people will... Uh, yeah. You know? Um, I mean, some of them are dead now, but it's like it's, it's rare. It's rare and it's weird. But I mean, I think the original, the, the original, the, that, the, that, that we're all mired in original sin. The important sure, thing here is that, absolutely. like, well, it's it's a state of our lives, right? So it's, um, and it, what is that state? We don't have that original relationship that Adam and Eve had. Yeah, it's contracted and not committed. So this is the thing where it's like, you oh, get well, it no matter what you do, no matter what you're happens, born into it. You're yeah. born into it, right? Like, like you're born into a crack addicted mother. You yeah. can be a born you into got original crack sin. It. You got crack in your system when you come out. You got little crack baby eyes. Like life is Blinking deeply unfair, crack. right? Yeah. Like, but it's, it's also like you need that view of human nature to understand. I mean, like, why does communism go wrong? Because a guy likes power and killing his enemies and starving Ukrainians out. Of course, yeah. Time and time again. So it's a state of birth and not a personal act. So there's nothing we do to contract it. Yeah. Um, but here's what's also disgusting. Please let me finish. All please right. let me finish. Fine. Um, because of, and so it, it harms that original unity that, that humanity had, right? Like, so it's not just our fracture of the relationship with God, but it's our fracture of the relationship with each other and with the rest of creation. All of harmony is disturbed. Yes. But here, if we didn't have that beforehand, then why does Eve do it in the first place? She's in perfect harmony. I know it's, she's tempted by the devil. Yeah, we talked about that. But this she's already, yeah. not able to resist the devil's tempting. Even in a non-fallen state. No, but I mean, she still has freedom because this original state of holiness and justice yeah. is not God possessing Eve to do the right thing. Yes. She still is a free She's able being. to choose the wrong thing. Yeah. Instead, it's a vocable choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's nice. Is Satan going to be here after, in the end times? He's not destroyed. Well, St. Michael is going to, like, mess him up, bro. Isn't that already happening? That hasn't happened I yet? hope so. Yeah. yeah. It's happened at least once in I've my life. I've been thinking about St. Michael a lot this week. We should move on. What are the uh, other consequences of original sin? Which other... Con- wow! What other consequences derive from original sin? So this is like super important. Yeah. One of my favorite words in the English language coming up at the end of this one. The inconsequence of original sin, human nature, without being totally corrupted, right? So we're not Lutherans. We're not Protestants. We don't think we're completely corrupted. We've just... We're slightly corrupted, right? Um... Human nature is wounded in its natural powers. It is subject to ignorance, to suffering, to the dominion of death, and is inclined towards sin. This inclination we call concupiscence. 
Concupiscence, I haven't called it that. That's totally fine. Concupiscence. Can you see, do you have a typo in your version? I don't know, do I? I've got a typo. I've got like the smallest typo I've ever seen. What's the typo? After corrupted, the comma is underlined. I don't have that. Oh, no, I do have that. Yeah. (gasps) There's a typo. There's a typo in the catechism. That's the smallest typo I've ever seen. I mean, it's not. Do you want to see it? Do you want to? Can you get in? Can you get in? So you want to. Under, after the word, hold on. I wonder if after that's the word corrupted in seventy seven over yeah, here. You can't hear it. You can't see yeah. it. I'll go closer. No, it's worth it. Closer was the word. Like, oh, close. Uh, ah, man, it's there. Page forty five. But so the the reason this is important is because this is the state we inherit. So we are ignorant, right? And again, you don't have to go very far. Human nature to find people who are ignorant, including yourself. Um, We suffer, we die, and we're inclined towards sin. So we we are inclined to do the wrong thing. It feels good. Yeah, right. And and again, it's this thing of like, I know what I ought not do, but I do it anyway. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I, I have to smoke another cigarette. I have to have another shot of heroin. I have to whatever, right? Like, I have to eat the next cheeseburger. Yeah, like the fuck? I got a fucking problem. You love sex. Sex is a great one. Um, yeah, like all these things where it's just like it's, it feels so good to do the wrong thing even though we know we shouldn't do it and mm. it's always dissatisfying. And it's like, Hold ah. on now, hold on. Yeah, in some way. Yeah, it is. In some way. Oh, I don't want it. It's too dirty. But there is, uh, that is true. That is true. But it's not always clear that it's going to feel like that before. No. But you go, if I thought about it more, I'd, I would have known. I would have not done it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm like, I love booze, right? Like, and that should be quite clear to anybody who's watched this podcast. You are a booze hand. And the amount, yeah, I mean, the amount of times you wake up a bit groggy in the morning, you're like, why did I have that one extra drink? The sin of not drinking French champagne. <laughs> I thought we'd give that champagne a miss this week. <laughs> yeah, we're off it because I've had such a problem with booze that I've had to get off it. Yeah. And it's like, well, because it feels great. At the time, it's like fantastic. And you sort of think, oh, no, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. But you, you do it. And then you're like, ah, oh, that was a terrible idea. Well, it's hard because the, the judgment is gradually impaired. So well, it's quite hard. And to, I think intoxication is a, is a good analogy for sin as well, right? Because you can you can impair yourself through habitually doing it, mm. right? Like you can wound your nature further. Like this is we inherit this state, but in terms of personal sin, we're going to get to this later. Yeah, we can continually harm ourselves to the point that we become numb to its effects. I was speaking to a guy about masturbation. It's a great he example. Was like, yeah, the masturbate. Well, why would masturbation be wrong? Yeah, and it's like. Yeah, there's some, there's good arguments for masturbating. You know, there's great arguments for masturbating. It feels good is basically the. You feel better afterwards. You have a relaxed attitude to the rest of the day. But I was then it got me thinking about other kinds of sexual, um, and this does not like bear out because some animals like masturbate and some animals have gay sex, whatever. But I was thinking about like, could you ever train an animal to pull out and? I think that's the point at which we put up the. James with his head, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but think about it. Like, no, but, like, but we go, that's... Like, what is it about that that's unnatural and feels wrong? Because it's a very big part of everybody's sex life nowadays in the West. Is it? Oh, boy, probably, yeah. Yeah, certainly the cinematographic representations of it. But it's like, I don't think you could train an animal to... Even just to pull out? You couldn't train a, an animal to pull out, could you? I don't know. I'd never thought about it. Like, it's not natural for the animal to pull out. An animal's never going to go, oh, no, nah, I've got too many pups already. I'm pulling out. 
I think I just want to move on right. from this point. But do you know what I mean? Because pe- people don't even know that that's weird. All right, put the thing in. Censor it out if you have to. <laughs> thought it was a good point. I think th- as we go, we find a line. And I really feel like we've just you crossed You think that's line. the line? Yeah. All right. I don't mind talking about sex in a frank way, but there's a way in which to talk about it that I feel like... I'm is... just saying like a dog would never pull out and... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, you've just tarnished this whole thing. Have All I? right, yeah. Let's let's do the next question, which is like... After the first sin... Yeah, I'm making a point that we can all agree on. After the first sin, what did God do? So after the first sin, the world was inundated with sin, but God did not abandon man to the power of death. Rather, he foretold in a mysterious way in the Proto-Evangelium that evil would be conquered and that man would be lifted from his fall. This was the first proclamation of the Messiah and Redeemer. Therefore, the fall would be called in the future a happy fault because it gained for us so great and glorious a Redeemer. Proto-Evangelium is like you'll have a son and he'll crush the devil's, the snake's head? Yeah, basically, yeah. We can pop that on the screen, but it's like, yeah. It's the, it's, it's the proto-good news. Yeah, it's the, the, the good news before the good news. So God is announcing the plan for redemption even yeah. as the fall is happening. The fall is happening. Yeah. And it's weird to think of it as taking time. Because it, will, I mean, the world would be transforming in different yeah. ways. Well, they get cast out of Eden and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They have to. It's a big angel with a out. sword. Does he like march him out? I don't know. Is like a bouncer, like Pope Francis. Wait, oh, he was a bouncer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what time are we at? Proto Evangelium. You ever seen Neon Genesis Evangelion? I never did. It means new start, good news. But it's not about that. It's about sad little Japanese people in a future city. I really feel like maybe we could You're done. get You're a spent. clean cut at 40. It was the thing about... But it was a dog... It was... But do you, I'm saying that's an act that people would do and would think would be natural and normal, but it would never occur to an animal to do it. I'm not sure what you want me to say to that. Yeah, James, that's a great point. What? Like, but... What are you talking about? We're talking about concupiscence. Okay. Make yeah. the line clearer. I think I'm going to do it on stage and people will get it. I don't want to put this in the podcast. I just edit. No, we'll edit it out. And if you want to find out what I was saying, you have to sign up. I don't want this to be released even to people that pay for it. People that pay should not be subjected to this. If you pay for it, you've got to pay for it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on yet another excellent episode of the Catacast. That one made Jack a little more... I don't know why everyone's not agreeing with me that that was... It's an interesting point. All right. So we've just had a bit of a conversation where James has just said a dog... ...as an example of concupiscence. Yeah. And, and how it's telling... No, no. This is being, this is being restructured. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Please let me be fair. I'm trying to be fair. No, but I want to be... The fairness is the conversation was about a dog's inability... To, to even force a dog to do that. that our concupiscence is so great that there are sexual acts that we do as people yeah. and then are, are deemed to be normal, right. right, that we talk ourselves into, that you couldn't actually, with, with sticks and food... Make an animal do it. Make an animal do it. Right. And that that is the power of concupiscence. That was the point. Right. So I couldn't have explained that with... You know, fidelity. No, well, I think I, th- I think you can, and I think that, that. So, and let me because I believe that we will cut the intervening fifteen minutes. All right. 
where we did scream at each other. Believe away. Well, more I scream at you. Um, <laughs> we'll release that to the Substack. Uh, where I think you can explain this more easily as, or, or, or in a more beautiful way, as the example of a marriage mm. where a man does, chooses not to have sex with other women and vice versa, like a woman chooses not to have sex with other men, uh, as an example of like them overcoming their concupiscence, right? Because their concupiscence would tell them to do these things, right? Their inclination to sin. You don't walk down a street and see a nice pair of legs and think, I'm disinterested. You walk down a street and see a nice pair of legs and go, that's a nice pair of legs, right? And so do I, right? Because I'm a single guy. And it's like, okay, well, like my concupiscence is saying like, go and do something. Yeah. But I have to overcome that, right? But the fact that I know that I have that inclination and that we we all do that every day, we all do these things where we're like, we see the thing that's easy, that would be nice, that would be like pleasurable, but we choose not to do it, is proof of the fact that we have this concupiscence. And the fact that you could, yeah, I mean, you want to use the clip of me saying like, We'll just cut to the clip. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but I think, no, but I, man, it's sort of like a poem to me. I don't want to say that, you know, sometimes the ear understands before the mind does because it's like the concupiscence there is so strong that it's like more than, like, it's, it's fear of suffering, right? Like it's fear of uh, a pregnancy. But even sure. then, like, like gay men would be pulling out and doing all sorts of, weird stuff right because because you can train yourself to be you can train yourself into doing things that are degraded by like habituation yeah yeah um and again like we all know that right pleasure is not the highest well the the example that i would use and the and i use it in the context of and we'll get to this again we'll get to this later um the context of like sexuality right like and so yeah the the problem of homosexuality you can't go, we'll get to this later. And we have a reference to there being budgie smugglers designed, but you can't just have that be the way that you explain that. <laughs> Sorry. People don't know that's something you say all the time or that you're going to bring out merch for. You can't just go, we'll get to this later. And then start talking about the problem of homosexuality? You fucking kidding? So, What I, level of self-awareness are we working with it, here? It presents as a problem for Catholics. I think it does because there are pe- pe- clearly people who feel inclined to this. Yeah. And I know, I know very good Catholics who do feel inclined to it, um, who succeed or fail on that spectrum, right? Um, And I don't want to judge these people because I have my own failings. Sure. Uh, But in in a sense, I think that like, like having been a man who's watched pornography, like you, you know that like there is a way in which the, the things that you do and the things that you consume affect yeah. who you are. Oh, boy. Right? And, it's, and this is like a well-documented thing. Like, it's hitting the mainstream now, right? Where it's like, oh, teenage boys who watch, like, hardcore pornography have... Hitting and choking and... Right. Unable to, to get off unless they do, like, violent sexual acts because they've habituated themselves to these things. Yeah. And so Yeah, exactly. And this is concupiscence. Pavlov's choking out. To make it about dogs again. <laughs> so this is concupiscence, right? Like it's a, we have this inclination to sin, yeah. which is like we're born with. And the way that we respond to that matters, right? The, the things that we do. You can have a society yeah. that encourages your, yeah. and you get further and further lost down yeah. the avenues of. And that will, the, that will like dislocate you more and more from your relationship with God, yeah. from your relationship with others, and from your relationship with the world. 
because and then it's, it accelerates. Yeah, right? absolutely. Those yeah. people then make the thing for the next generation and so yeah. on and so forth. And ideally, you want to be trapped in a virtuous cycle. Yes, you want to be you want to be trapped in a virtuous. You want cycle. to be making better and better people. Yeah, you want to be in a society which is encouraging you to do the right thing, mm. um, even when it's hard, because it's the right thing. Not that like, oh, you're fine, I'm fine, you can do whatever you want. But that society looks like things are banned. Uh, th- there's censorship. But also, what is society? It's a group of people who, through their own freedom, have decided to aim for the good rather than aim for the evil. And a, and a, and a society of dogs society. can't do it, right? Like, you can't get a... You, yeah, you couldn't convince a group of dogs or a group of animals to do, like, increasingly debased sexual things or whatever um, because at some point their nature's going to kick back, right? And they're just going to be like, it's not interesting. They'll be bored by it. Yeah. Anything. yeah. Whereas we won't be. No, we can just we keep can just keep going forever. Yeah, until you got a little boy jumping out of a cake. Yep, right in the hut of Rome. Exactly, Mikey, Mikey. <laughs> all right, I think we got to the end of that. It was but a good episode on the fall. Maybe we keep all of that in there. I don't know. <laughs> I think it could be. You know, th- this is not an either or. Uh, this could I probably think we be should watch that. Yeah, in a tasteful way. <laughs> tasteful, such an interesting term coming from you, James. Well. <laughs> It's tasteful for the dog, let me tell you that. <laughs> oh my, Good night, everybody! This episode's going to be very different when we're in an air-conditioned room. <laughs> <laughs>